Welcome to O Joy, O Rapture, a celebration of the Ohio Light Opera, the resident professional company of the College of Worcester. We are broadcasting to you from the studio of Woo 91, WCWS, 90.9 FM on your radio dial and streaming online through the College of Worcester website and the iHeartRadio network, now available on mobile. I'm your host, Colleen Thomas, and I invite you to join me for the next hour as we enjoy some historic recordings from the Ohio Light Opera archives and look ahead to the offerings of the 34th festival season opening next week. But first, in Savoy Theatre tradition, you are invited to join in the singing of God Save the Queen in honor of Queen Victoria.
the opening to Street Scene, which was produced in the 1990 season at the Ohio Lit Opera. That was Jane Schoonmaker-Rogers, Jennifer Hilbus-Schutz, Natalie Arduino, George McTire, and Edward Dacus. And that was a Kurt Weill 1946 American operetta. We're going to be focusing today on the 1990 season of the Ohio Lit Opera, and all of the music that we have to play for you today is actually was actually recorded during that season. We're going to hear uh, a little bit later with an interview with Jane Schoonmaker-Rogers, who you just heard in Ain't It Awful, The Heat. Right now we have another selection from Street Scene, I've Got a Marble and a Star. Um, this is Michael Kildee as janitor Henry Davis. Enjoy.
in my heart, there's room for one love only. My love for Lisa.
And that was two selections from the Land of Smiles from the 1990 production of the Ohio Light Opera, Land of Smiles. I love what has given you this magic power featuring Terry Hansen and Paul Groves. And before that, Yours is My Heart Alone featuring Paul Groves. Franz Lehar wrote that piece in 1929, and it was his follow-up to his very popular 1905 um, operetta called The Merry Widow, which has also been something the Ohio Light Opera has produced over the years. So 1990 season, I want to give you a quick rundown of what happened that season. In 1990, the Ohio Light Opera produced eight shows, including one double bill. They were Cibulette, the James Stewart version of Cibulette by Rinaldo Hahn, Richard Huberger's The Opera Ball, two shows by Franz Lehar, The Land of Smiles and The Merry Widow, and um, let's see, Kurt Vile's Street Scene and The Yeoman of the Guard by Gilbert and Sullivan. And there was a double bill, My Fair Galatea by Franz von Supa, who also wrote Boccaccio, and HMS Pinafore. So My Fair Galatea and HMS Pinafore were the double bill that year. And we're going to hear a song now from HMS Pinafore from that season, Anne Basinski and David Cody as Josephine and Rafe. And that will be followed by our interview with Jane Schoonmaker-Rogers. Enjoy. You shall not wait long. Your proffered love I haughtily reject. Go, sir, and learn to cast your eyes on some village maid in your own poor rank. They should be lowered before your captain's daughter. Remember what you are and whom I'm dressing. Refrain, audacious toys, you come pressing. Remember what you are and whom I'm dressing. Refrain, audacious toys. Remember what you are. I'd love my rank to scorn you.
Joining us now from her home in Ann Arbor, Associate Professor of Voice at Bowling Green State University, Jane Schoonmaker-Rogers, who was here during the 1990 season. Thanks for uh, including me, Colleen. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I'm so glad to talk to you after, gosh, it's been, I think we figured out the other day, 20, 22 years. Yeah, 22 years since we saw each other. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to believe. I know. It's the time has, has flown. So how is it that you came to be with the Ohio Light Opera back in 1990? Well, my good friend, Jennifer Hilbeschutz, uh was kind of there all the time. You know, she was there for so many years and played so many different roles. And she, uh, she just said, Jane, why don't you just go ahead and audition? And I did. And I think the first time I auditioned, I didn't get in. But I'm kind of a, a light lyric soprano, kind of everybody has a voice like mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not that easy to find work all the time. But, um, or it wasn't back then. And uh, she, uh, but she kept encouraging me and, and they were nice the, the first time I auditioned. So I went back and the second time, I think Doc had some roles that he could use me in and he, he hired me for the second time that I auditioned. Mm-hmm. That was for 1990. 1990. And that year you were Mare is that how you say that, in Cibarette? Yeah, I was, that was one of them. I had, a, I had some small roles. I didn't have anything very large, but uh, yeah, it was Mare Pingre who was kind of in the Ciboulette, the Renaldo An uh, operetta. Oh, it's a great piece. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mare Pingre is kind of like Ciboulette's, well, I was thinking it's kind of like a fairy godmother, but with no superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of gives her advice and tries to interfere in a helpful way <laughs> in her life. <laughs> Good and and your other roles that summer were, I have. Oh, I did uh, sure Greta Fiorentino and Street Scene. That was the one I had the most singing to do, yeah. and and then I I did Praskovia, which is also not a not really a singing role. There's a couple lines, but she doesn't really do very much. She's the old lady in Merry Widow, mm-hmm. and I think I, I was in Land of Smiles as one of the dancing dowagers. Mm. Oh wow! <laughs> Me and Sarah Blair and. Julie Sadi, I think, were the dancing dancing dowagers. Wow. I didn't, I didn't, was that, were they officially called that in the program, or is that the nickname? Well, I think we were listed as the dowagers, but we, the only thing we did really was, cut, we came on and did this dance. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very graceful, and, and we had pretty costumes, and we looked, we looked gorgeous. <laughs> but we were dowagers, so we weren't supposed to be young and attractive, we were supposed to be old. Right. <laughs> old and wise. <laughs> yeah. And dancing. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. In street scene, you were with, um, your husband was was played by Paul Groves, who now is, is yeah. with the Met and has has gone on and I believe can be seen in movie theaters, although I can never seem to catch him whenever they're showing. Can he? Well, oh, when they do the, uh, has he been in some of the live broadcasts? I haven't seen that many of them. I haven't seen him in one. I've always kept my eye out and I'm, I'm not actually sure yeah. he's involved at this moment um, on that level, but but I've always had this dream of going to a movie theater near me, you know, and seeing Paul Groves <laughs> on, the, um, on the big screen. Yeah. After. Oh, he's a wonderful singer. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, um, in fact, his, his Dupark recording that he has of Dupac songs, Henri mm. Dupac, the French composer, mm. uh, I use that in one of the classes that I teach at Bowling Green. I teach a graduate repertoire class, and I, I use his examples. Mm. They're really, it's really a beautiful recording. Mm. That's wonderful. Yeah. Have, you, have you had any contact with him since you worked with him? You know, I think I saw him at a party one time, but no, mm-hmm. not, no I, I don't move in the same circles that he does. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was... Uh, he played Fiorentino, and I was his German wife in Street Scene. Yeah, the Italian. 
we were featured in the uh, ice cream. I can't remember if it's a quintet or a sextet it was a sextet. or whatever it is. But I was just listening to it the other day, and it was a sextet. And you were telling me that okay. you are you were the soprano responsible for that high note at the end. Is that yeah? Right? And I think when I sing that high note, I think I'm I'm standing right by the microphone, so it's really loud. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to even squeak that high note when I I couldn't even attempt it. So I was like, wow. yeah, I don't sing that note anymore very much. <laughs> but that was that was that was easy for me then. Did you have any favorite moments in in that show or other shows this summer? You hear? <laughs> yeah, I have the the one that was, that always. Gosh, Paul Paul was so funny on stage. He had a line about me about how hey, he he was talking to his neighbor. Said your wife is skinny. She has a, always has the baby. And then he say, my wife she's a big and the fat, but she know have the baby. <laughs> and he but when he said big and fat, every every time he said it, he'd make it bigger and broader, and he'd make a bigger gesture and make it more exaggerated. So I had a line right after that where I go, I, have to, I had to yell at him to come to bed. And every every night it got a little more aggressive. <laughs> I was getting a little madder at the way he was funny. He tried to make me laugh in uh, Pinafore, too. I was paired with him in the chorus. We were both in chorus for that. And he'd sometimes I'd just look up at him when he was when we were dancing. He'd have his co- hair combed kind of funny. Or he'd, like, stick a Jolly Rancher to his face or do something to try and make us laugh on stage. <laughs> But, you know, at least in, in Pinafore, you know, it's okay if they're, you're smiling. Right, yes. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a story about in Sibolette, too. Doc uh, wanted to have a pony cart for Dawn to make her entrance in. Mm-hmm. Dawn Harris played Sibolette, the title character. Mm-hmm. And when she made her entrance, she, he wanted to have her come in on a, in a pony cart. It was, so he hired this this pretty little pony called, uh, whose name was Shortcake. Mm. and. But Shortcake got fired oh. because he relieved himself oh. <laughs> backstage, you know, the way ponies do. Yeah. Uh, was, was it on stage or backstage? No, well, it was backstage. But <laughs> okay, but still. But I, I guess that was too much, so he got fired, and then the men had to pull her on in the, in the cart. But oh. And we, we began to call the show Subolette or Shortcake Takes a Dump. <laughs> I, th- I think there's a picture in Matzo's of the men pulling her on in the cart, and I had forgotten there was yeah. ever, ever a shortcake. So shortcake was, I'm glad you... Shortcake was cute. Yeah. Cute pony, Aww. but not not cleanly enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> not housebroken. Not housebroken, oh. I'm curious, since it's been a while since you were here, what do you feel, now that you've had some time to think about it, what do you feel that you have taken from your time here at OLO? Well, it's a wonderful memory. I ha- I've made wonderful friends that I've kept in touch with. Uh, the experience of working at such a high level with a wonderful cast and uh, orchestra and conductors and director, you know, Doc was wonderful too. It was, it, it was a, well, I can't say anything bad about it. It was a great experience. And you're just living, living the pieces every day because we rehearse, we're either rehearsing or performing at all hours. Mm-hmm. And just all that time on stage gives you freedom. It, it, it kind of, you overcome all your lingering stage fright and you just kind of start experimenting and connecting with the audience in, in new ways that you think of on the spot sometimes or that you think about. You, you're, you're, you have the time to try stuff mm-hmm. and to develop what you're doing. It's, that's a huge, hugely important step, I think, for a young performer is to have that kind of experience where you, you just get, it gets to be routine what you're doing in some ways, but then you get to play with it and bring it beyond where it would have been. 
mm-hmm. it's exciting does that make sense it does it's, it kind of sounds like normalizing it you know Mm-hmm. So that it's not a big scary thing on on any kind of level, um, mentally, yeah. emotionally, or and then, but then you have that gives you the freedom to be more creative. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes that makes perfect sense to kind of make it yeah. um, to kind of get your sea legs, you know. Yeah. Very thoroughly. Yeah. yeah. In fact, just doing Plaskovia and Mary Widow, which I didn't have any any speaking lines that anyone heard, but I had I had to do a lot of stuff silently. Mm. Doc had me walk on and behind Ed Dacus played my husband and I, he was always fooling around with the young women and I'd be his old wife coming after him with a cane mm-hmm. and it, it was kind of the first time that I realized that you could connect with the audience and make the audience laugh without actually making any noise and that was very freeing for me. Mm. I didn't perfect it but it was very freeing. Mm. That's <laughs> Gave me a whole set of new ideas. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. That's a great illustration. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with us. And it's been, I'm, it's been a real treat to talk to you again after after 20 years. I really, really well, It's have. been a treat for me too, Colleen. I have really fond memories of you and of all the experiences there. And that was Jane Schoonmaker-Rogers. You're listening to WCWSFM 90.9, a public service station of the College of Worcester. You are listening to O Joy, O Rapture, a celebration of the Ohio Light Opera. And that was an interview with Jane Schoonmaker-Rogers, who was a company member of the Ohio Light Opera in 1990. And now I will play for you uh, the ice cream sextet that Jane mentioned in her interview, um, followed by Don Harris in the title role of Cibulette. Here's for you and I, a fresh ice cream cone. Thank you very much. And Mr. Jones. And Mr. Rose. <laughs> and for the missus. Thanks, Mr. Fiorentino. And Henry. Mrs. Fiorentino. Here's for you and I, a fresh ice cream cone. It makes me too fat. Oh, no. Five or ten pounds more, and nobody can tell the Go into the drugstore. 
And you're listening to Woo 91, a public service station of the College of Worcester. That again was Don Harris as the lead in Ciboulette from the 1990 season. And it is almost time for the 2012 season to open. Um, if you look on your calendar, you'll see today is June 9th and June 16th, the opening night of the festival season is actually just a week away. So the 34th festival season will open next Saturday with Guys and Dolls on June 16th and it will be um, there will be seven shows produced this summer three four five yes seven shows so guys and dolls will be followed by Connecticut Yankee opening June 23rd the Mikado on June 28th and then later in the summer chocolate soldier blossom time utopia limited and miss springtime those are the operettas that will be opening throughout this summer at the Ohio Light Opera which of course is the resident professional company of the College of Worcester also on June 16th, when Guys and Dolls opens, there's an opening day gala and season preview lecture. And June 17th, the next day, there's a Top Chef Worcester event happening at the Worcester Inn, collaboration between the Worcester Inn and the Ohio Light Opera. And then later in June, when the Mikado opens on June 28th, uh, there will be a Mikado Day with children's activities before uh, the showing of Mikado, which is a matinee that day. So since Guys and Dolls is the first show to open the season and it's opening next week, I'm going to share the opening to Guys and Dolls with you um, from the original Broadway cast.
what's all this? Thou and I have faced the grim old king a dozen times. Never has his majesty come to me in such goodly fashion. Keep a stout heart, good fellow. We are soldiers, and we know how to die, thou and I. Take my word for it. It is easier to die well than to live well. For in sooth, I have tried both. Is life a boon? If so, it must befall that death, whene'er he call, must call too soon. Though fourscore years he give, yet one would pray to live another moon. What kind of plaint have I who perish in July? Who perish in July? I might have had to die perchance in June. I might have had to die perchance in June. That counted not a whit, nay, it counted not a whit. Man is well done with it. Soon as he's born, we should all means essay to put the plague away. And I, war-worn, for captured fugitive, my life most gladly. was Nicholas Wehrman on WCWS-FM, a public service station of the College of Worcester, singing Is Life a Boon from Yeoman of the Guard, our uh, second to last season song for the 1990 season. So the show is pretty much wrapping up for today. Thank you so much for being with us for this past hour for Ojoyo Rapture. And we will not be here next week, but we'll be back the week after. Um, so next week, um, we invite you to um, check out the Ohio Light Opera website, see what the offerings are there. There are some historic recording samples you can enjoy there to see what's going on this summer. And that is ohiolightopera.org. For other podcasts of this show, you can go to our uh, podcast page, ojoyorapture.wordpress.com, or you can look for us on iTunes. So have a wonderful week, and I will leave you with um, a, another song from Street Scene from the 1990 season. This is Michael Jones and Catherine Marrero as Dick McGann and Mae Jones. This is Moon-Faced, Starry-Eyed. Enjoy. Nobody ever had me jumping through hoops the way you do. Moon-Faced, Starry-Eyed, peaches and cream and nuts on the side. I never knew there was anyone living like you. Moon-Faced, Starry-Eyed, I'm gonna bust my best with pride. I know.
the hell? You only live once. The way I feel, that's twice too often. Come on, baby, you're losing your control. Get it over the plate. Hey, let go, will you? I'm hooked on telling you. I know the trouble with you. You need another little shot. I can't smell your old man right All you gotta do is close your eyes and make believe it's scotch. Hey, Thank you.